Hello, everybody. I um I also saw on the social media that it said I was the dad joke. Um, I forget the exact wording. Uh, yeah, but I think after Pastor Tom's um, jokes the other week, I don't think I can top that, to be honest with you guys. So I thought I might actually have to be serious tonight. Um, <laughs> so... I asked the Lord what he wanted me to say tonight to you guys, and he put a song in my head, and he literally would not let me forget it all week. All week, I've been humming this song. I'm sure my wife's sick of it by now. Um, maybe she didn't hear me at all, because I was, you know, out in the garden, just humming away to myself. And I heard the lyric over and over, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's been so stuck in my head. You know, normally you get a song stuck in your head and it feels like forever, but it's only like a couple of hours. Yeah, this has been a week. And every time I say, God, what do you want me to say? Actually, it's been three weeks because I've been on holiday thinking about what I'm going to say tonight. And um, (laughs) every time I'm like, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to talk about? And he just goes, turn your eyes upon me. Turn your eyes upon me. Look full in my face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of my glory and grace. And I was like, all right, God, but I'm going to need to fill like half an hour here. Like, it's got to be a bit more than that. And he just said, yeah, that's what I want you to say. So we're going to have like 30 minutes of me saying that. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to try that. Um, (laughs) See, I, I, I feel like the Lord is saying to look to him and to take our eyes off all the stuff. All right, because it's easy, you know, you might have been in the faith for 20 minutes or 20 years, but it's, it's easy when there's stuff happening around you, the stuff in your life, there's just, you know, all sorts of things going on, to center your Christianity and your faith around stuff. It's so easy to slip into that trap. And when we focus our attention on stuff instead of him, we end up with this weird, ugly, problem-focused version of Christianity. And it's awkward and it's uncomfortable and we don't like being there, but then we can get stuck in it. We don't know how to get out. And then it becomes, for some, you know, some people, it's like they have this awesome system where they just go, oh, look, I'm doing that thing again. I better stop that. And other people, you know, you can get stuck in it for quite a long time. It can be, you know, months, weeks, years. It can take forever to get out of this thing. But what we need to realize is that the stuff is what Jesus dealt with in order for us to live as he created us to do. See, the stuff was actually paid for. It was paid for a very, very long time ago. And when we fix our eyes on that stuff, what we're trying to do is, without even realizing it, it's like we're trying to undo what he already did. And I'm not denying the size of the stuff because some people carry some pretty decent stuff. I promise at some point I'll stop saying the word stuff. (laughs) But what we can forget is that there's actually a beautiful life on the other side of the cross that we're called to live. See, problem-focused Christianity is actually Christianity without faith. And I'm not... Don't hear me wrong, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus at all. 
So if this is sort of where your life's at, the good news is we're going to figure out a way out of it. But it's actually Christianity where we're not engaging with our faith. And faith is there for everyone. It's a free gift. It's not something that we just, you know, it's not an idea over there for the the guys that have been doing this for years and years and years and years. Faith is the kind of thing you can access the moment that you get to know his face. The moment you meet him for the first time, he's there, he's giving you a new life, he's giving you faith, he's giving you grace and mercy and love. Problem-focused Christianity ends up in this space where we almost think if we don't keep reminding God about the problems, he's going to forget to fix them. You know, and you meet people that are so focused on the problem that they forget that they can actually just sit with him and, you know, have, have a laugh with Jesus. You know, that's allowed. You're allowed to do that. Jesus has a great sense of humor. You know, just look at emus. All right, we don't necessarily say that, oh, I should keep reminding God. And I'm not speaking against, you know, praying into things because I think that's so important. Interceding is really important. But we kind of get into this thing of like, oh, I hope God hasn't forgotten to sort out my problems this week. Oh, I hope he hasn't realized that, you know, I've got bills coming. I hope he's realized. I hope he can help me out with that. I hope he hasn't forgotten. And getting through the stuff, it's actually, the, it's, it's step one. When we first come to Christ and we first meet him in that encounter, I had my first encounter with the Lord on my bedroom floor, on my knees apologizing. And before I could get the words out, he said, I love you and I forgive you. In that moment, there's the opportunity to start walking away from stuff. To start leaving it behind because that's the moment that he goes, all right, I'm going to deal with this so then we can have a life together. See, getting through the stuff is only step one of Christianity. Step two is the best relationship you'll ever encounter. All right, but don't get stuck in step one. See, when we first meet him and we come to know him, we can see him move in powerful and amazing ways And then somewhere along the way, it's like we can kind of forget that he is the creator of the universe. When he said, let there be light, it happened. And when he said, let it, uh, when he said, it is finished, that happened too. And then what we can do is we can sort of build this idea that the point of the Christian life is just to deal with stuff. The Bible's not a self-help book. It's a love letter. It's the creator of the universe saying, I love you, and this is what I did to pursue your heart. John 17, 17.3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Eternal life is not sitting on a cloud with a big, big bucket of stuff. <laughs> eternal life is not you know, sitting around waiting for the rapture bus. Eternal life is looking him in the face and never, ever moving your gaze.
And then when we get sort of stuck in this ugly place of stuff, we're stuck in it, we end up kind of missing out on that awesome reason for our salvation in the first place, which is to engage with the heart of the Father, never leave His, his embrace. And like I said, Jesus isn't a self-help program. He's a savior, he's a healer, and he's our friend. And I've heard people say, and to be honest, back before I knew the whole, what Christianity was about, I used to say this too, that I've tried Jesus and it didn't work. I've said those words. It was a long time ago, but I've said them. But if if you're in a place where that's what's going through your head, I've tried this faith stuff and it just doesn't work. You're misunderstanding what you've actually received. He's not just there to get rid of the stuff and then that's it. It's not the goal. Getting rid of stuff, unfortunately, it's a step and it's a beautiful thing when it happens. But that's not the place that we live off, just, uh, that we live from, just getting rid of stuff over and over and over. Salvation is actually this beautiful gift where anything in the way of you and God connecting heart to heart can get out of the way. And it's this beautiful relationship that lasts for eternity. So some of you might be thinking, all right, you've said the word stuff enough times now, Brendan might be a bit of a problem-focused sermon. No, it's not. What is the stuff? What is this that we're talking about? It's our sins and it's our problems and it's our habits, our anxieties, our fears, our troubles, our illnesses. It's all these things that the enemy throws at you to take away from you connecting with his heart. It's the enemy that comes to steal, kill and destroy. God brings life and life abundant. All right, that's just scripture. See, the enemy throws these things at us where he wants to take away from that relationship that you're building with the Father. And he starts to say things like, you're not good enough. See, look what you did. You know, I'm sure we've all experienced that thought. You're not good enough. See, the Lord isn't blessing you like he's blessing that person. That's a load of rubbish. You're not good enough. Look at what you did in your past life. It's all these accusations or it might be, it might be, guess what's coming for you? All right, when we start to feel that anxiety, it's all just the enemy trying to get in the way of the point of your, your existence, which is to connect with the Father. And anything he can come up with to try and drive a wedge in there, he's going to try and do it. Because he doesn't want you to have that relationship. And if you've got that relationship, he doesn't want it to be fruitful. So he's going to do all sorts of things to try and give you a life of mediocre, uh, mediocre, stuck Christianity. He's going to do his best to try and take away everything that the Lord wants to give you. And what we get to do when we encounter the Lord face to face, 
So we get to leave all of that stuff at his feet. Me and my wife at the moment, we're, um, we're building this little business and it's, it's great fun. I love doing it. And I'm already starting to realize why people who are in business um, say that it's a bit difficult at times. Because <laughs> one day I was here at work and I forgot to open the door of the greenhouse and it was like a 28 degree day. And I got home and all of our plants were looking like they had a lot of stuff to deal with. <laughs> now, needless to say, I was in a bit of a mood and I was a bit upset about it. And so I got a friend who has been working, um, you know, in the plant industry for a long time. And, and so I went around to his place and I was like, I need some advice. I think I've killed everything. And he, <laughs> he responded by just saying, give it to Jesus. Oh, and some of you guys might know who I'm talking about. He usually does all the catching at the front here. And he goes, just give it to Jesus. And I'm like, that's not helpful right now. And he's like, no, just give it to Jesus. And so in his typical South African manner, he gifted me with a whole lot of, I think he was preparing some steaks at the time. So I was like, here, take some food, have some steaks. I'm like, praise the Lord. Um, he goes, this will cheer you up. So I went home with like arms full of meat going, thank you. And I did that. I gave it to Jesus. And then me and my wife went away for two weeks and we came back and all of these plants that had been damaged by this heat have grown like this much in the last two weeks. See, when you give stuff to Jesus, he makes something beautiful. When we give it to him and let him handle it, he changes situations. When the enemy throws something at us, we need to go straight to the Father. We don't go via Despair Avenue on the way there. All right? Stop by on the corner of um, bad advice and anxiety. All right? We go straight to him and we, we just fix our eyes on him and I, I think I've set it up here before and I definitely have told our students at the academy before, I was not very good at running my own life. I was pretty bad at it. All right, I got myself into messes before I got to know Jesus. And I, I've come to realize that I'm not very good at solving problems. He is. He's a lot better at it. So when we encounter something like this, we can just go and sit in his feet and say, here it is, it's yours now you deal with it, I'm going to look at you for a while. I'm going to stare into your eyes, I'm going to meet with you heart to heart, and I'm going to watch as you change the situations around me. There's freedom from this junk, but it's not found by working it out for ourselves. Everyone I've ever met who lives one of those wild, crazy lives where they're just free, you know those people like, they're just, you look at them like, nothing bothers you, does it? And they're like, no. <laughs> and then you get to know their history and it's like, how does this stuff not bother you? And they're like, Jesus. It's because they've found this place where they just, they look at him and they just, hi, 
and like chaos is going on around them. They just, I love you, Jesus. And I've noticed in my life too, the times when the stuff bothered me the least was those times where I found myself so fixed on his presence, where it didn't matter if things were crumbling around me. I know that he's got it. If he can say, let there be light and it happens, he can say, let this situation end and it will. He can say, there's peace in this situation and there will be. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. All of it. And if you're in a situation, and I, can't, I, I don't want to sound unempathetic here, but if you're in a situation where you're experiencing fear, looking at the fear is not going to solve the problem. See, our job is to put all our focus on him and let him take care of us. Psalm 23 teaches us that following him means that he's watching over us and he's taking care of us. Verse 6 of Psalm 23 says, Surely surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we fix our eyes on him, goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. And you see, redemption has never been our thing to accomplish. So striving for redemption is going to get you nowhere. God's plan for us was always to be reunited with him through his work and not ours. If you think that redemption is going to come through going through a certain ritual every day or closing your eyes extra tight when you pray, clenching your teeth extra hard, you know, saying the right words. It's the heart that does it. And healing has never been ours to accomplish because there's healing in his wings. I don't have wings. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. It's got nothing to do with anything I can do. I can pray for someone, but that's just the Lord moving through me. All right, if it feels like your Christian walk is striving and pushing and pushing and pushing, maybe it's time to take a a back seat and say all right let me reassess something here all right and I don't once again I don't want you to feel like you've been doing it wrong because any pursuit of the Lord is a beautiful thing and peace has never been ours to accomplish Galatians 5 22 and 23 tells us that the fruit of dwelling in him and being united with his spirit is peace Peace doesn't come because of something that I can try and do and muster up and push really hard for. We live in a world where people are so desperate for peace that they'll try anything. It's fascinating that it's almost offensively simple. If you want peace, just look in his eyes 
and don't shift. Because the enemy's voice kind of gets a bit loud in those moments. When you've locked eyes with the Lord, the enemy's like, hang on a minute, I want that attention. And he starts making more noise. But what about this? But what about that? Have you seen this? Look at that. Why don't you read the news? All right? And it gets real messy. And you just go, no, not today, devil. I'm looking at the Lord. Yeah, but have you seen this? No, I'm looking at the Lord. What about that? I'm looking at the Lord. God brings these things through the death and resurrection of his son. Our role is to turn our eyes to him and get lost in his love. That's it. The beautiful thing about the gospel is that it's so simple. It barely makes sense. It's amazing to think that there's nothing I can do except turn my heart towards him. It's not about striving. It's not about pushing really, really, really hard to not do that thing. It's not about working hard to, you know, in the hope that he might like us one day. Grace is a gift. Healing is a gift. It's our job to receive. See, I, I, I did a bit of a search when I was writing all of this to see, to make sure that this following statement was right. And as far as I can tell, it is, unless someone wants to find me a scripture where I'm wrong here. But I don't think we we're ever called to look into the eyes of our problems. I didn't find that in the Bible. And I just finished listening to all of it on audiobook um, in my car on the way to work all the time. I did a few months of that. And as far as I could tell, there wasn't a moment where any of Paul's writings, any of Jesus' sayings, any of the Old Testament prophets said, take your eyes off the Lord and look at your problem for a moment. See, look how big it is. It can be really, really easy for our problems to tell us how big God isn't. But it's so important to listen to God and tell us how small our problems are. Finances is nothing for a guy that can speak universes into being. Healing, peace, happiness, joy, destiny, all these things are like, it's nothing for a guy that can say, let there be light. And when we look at him and we focus on him, he just brings peace. We're not called to strive in, our, in removing our sin and problems. We're called to seek his face. Psalm 46.10, cease, cease striving and know that I am God. Others, other translations say, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted on earth. Years and years and years ago, I was dealing with anxiety and he said, be still and know that I am God. And that has been a bigger cure for any anxiety I've faced than anything else I ever tried. Because when you sit there and you engage with his heart 
And suddenly you realize that he's a lot bigger than you thought he was. Suddenly you realize that eternity is a lot longer than you think it was. And a God with no beginning and no end is a lot bigger than your mind can deal with. And if God's so big that we can't comprehend him, how small must the problem be that we can comprehend? Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's a promise. It's not just a nice phrase. God keeps promises. Another thing that scripture is good for is being a very, very long list of promises that have been kept. The biggest one being, I will be their God and they will be my people. Because that's what he is. He's, he's our father, he's our God, he, and we're his people and we've been gathered to him through his son. There's redemption in that. When we seek his face, he moves mountains to give us a view. And that amazes me. He wanted your heart so much that he was willing to be nailed to a cross and die for your sins and for your healing so that you could spend eternity in his presence. And because of that, we can lock eyes with our creator and just watch the things of the world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't pray for healing and pray for freedom, all right? Don't hear what I'm not saying here. Prayer is so powerful. The prayer of the righteous avails much, I think it goes. All right, there's, there's power in prayer and there's power in taking things to the Lord and petitioning for them. But don't carry them away when you leave that space. Walk into his presence, carry a big bucket of stuff, leave it at his feet and say, that's yours now. And then look at him. And that's it. That's his. That's for you to look at. You don't look at that bit. See, we, we can leave our burdens for him to carry. If he's powerful enough to create a universe, then he can carry your burdens. Often the only thing getting in the way of that is our own desire to fix it ourselves. And we go, all right, God, can you help me fix this? Give me some good pointers. Give me some advice. Give me some tips. And, and he's standing there going, no, give me your problems. His word promises that when we cast our cares on him, he'll take care of, he'll, he will take care of us. 1 Peter, 7 to, um, 1 Peter 5, 7 to 10, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, 
perfect, establish, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. See, when we cast all our cares on him, when we take all of that stuff and we just hand it to him, and we say, this is yours now, you deal with it. I'm just here for the relationship. He will perfect you, he'll establish you, he'll strengthen you, and he'll settle you. Now, I don't think there's much in that list. So, I don't think there's anything that that list doesn't exactly cover. It's a promise. And so, I encourage you guys, as you go through this next week and go out to the rest of your life, I want you guys to leave your stuff behind. And when the enemy comes against you, I want you guys to say, no, that's not for me to focus on. And the enemy's gonna, he's, he's gonna be loud at times. He likes doing that kind of thing. But that's when you just say, no, I'm locking eyes with Jesus. I cast off all my burdens onto Jesus. I leave everything at the feet of the cross. All right, if you have to say it over and over and over and still, until it starts to stick, then maybe that's what needs to happen. I was dealing with stuff a few years ago and I had a mentor at the time who gave me a list of verses and he said, this is what you're going to say when the enemy starts throwing rubbish. And so I would sit there and I would say these things over and over and over and over and over and I would memorize them and I'd have them in my phone and when I started to get nervous, anxious, stressed, whatever it was, I'd just start scrolling and saying them over and over and over. And before I I knew it, the stuff didn't seem so big anymore because God seemed bigger. But it's not a striving thing. You're not saying them in the hope that God will come to your rescue. You're declaring things over what the enemy's trying to do. It's not about trying to... It's not about trying to scare the enemy off and trying to you know, do all these things in your own strength. It's about saying, no, my God's bigger and that's who I'm going to trust. My God is bigger than anything that the enemy can throw at me. So I'm going to trust in the Lord. So I I don't want you guys to think, oh, but I tried that. I promise you, the deeper you search out his heart, the more you're going to see things change. And if it hasn't shifted yet, then pursue further because there's promises in Scripture that will see your world changed. So, as we finish off tonight, there's a few things I'd love to do. Firstly, if you have never met Jesus before, Perhaps this is your first time even hearing what he's like. Maybe you used to, you used to have a relationship with the Lord, but you moved away from, from that. I promise you that he wants to move into your world and change it. Just like he did for me and just like he did for so many people in this room. See, I had a lot of stuff. And it was really, really heavy. And I didn't know what to do with it. And I thought I had tried Jesus. 
I thought I'd given that a good enough go and it didn't work, so I'll try something different instead. But I promise you, a life lived in the pursuit of Christ is a life that will change and never be the same. So if that's you tonight, if you've never met Jesus or if you want to reconnect with him, I just ask you guys to raise your hand. There's a team of people that uh, would love to meet with you. They'd love to tell you more about Jesus. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to see Jesus moving your life like he did for me. So I'll just give another moment, if that's you tonight. If you want to see the Lord do something powerful in your life and you've never even met him before, please raise your hand. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your power. Lord, we thank you that that you change lives, that you heal, that you deliver, that you bring peace. Lord, we thank you that we can turn our eyes on you and look full in your wonderful face. And Lord, we thank you that that will make the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and your grace. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to have you guys, uh, I'm going to invite you guys up here in a second. If you've been looking your stuff in the eye for too long and you need an opportunity to look at the Lord instead, then in a moment I want you to come up. If you don't see a way of looking around the stuff into his eyes, I want you to come up here. If you aren't sure how to look past the stuff and you'd like to seek prayer for that, then in a moment I'd also like to invite you up. Uh, We'll have some leaders and our prayer team up the front and they'll be able to pray with you. Because living in stuff is not what you have been called to do. Josh tapped me on the shoulder earlier and he goes, there's there's an anointing for healing in the room tonight. And I believe it and I feel it. We often go after physical healing and that's an amazing thing and I love seeing that. Tonight, I want the healing. I, I feel the Lord moving on a healing of hearts. Because there's people in this room that have been staring at the stuff for so long that you can't even imagine what your life looks like without it. And I can't wait to see the look on faces tonight when they, for the first time in years, get a glimpse of what life looks like without that thing that they're carrying. And some of you will have one particular thing and and you could name it right now you go that's the thing that I've been carrying 
It might be stuff of the past. It might be habits. It might be sins that you've dealt with or are dealing with. It could be guilt, shame, condemnation. It could be anxiety. It could be depression. Whatever it might be, it's this thing you just can't see a way out of. And I believe the Lord is going to move things like that tonight. He's going to move mountains so we can have a view. So in a moment, Pastor Aaron's going to invite some people up. I'm just going to invite him up again in a second. He's going to invite all you guys up the front. We'll get our ministry teams praying. And we're going to see stuff move tonight. We're going to see the Lord swoop in like a dove and carry things off. People are going to experience things that they've never experienced before. People are going to feel lighter when they walk out of here. People aren't going to know whether they need to walk down the steps or just glide down. His power's in the room tonight. And he's moving. So I'm going to invite Pastor Aaron up again. And I can't wait to see what he's about to do.